and the pitch. Strike three on the outside corner, and the Dodgers are World Series champions. Well, hello there. Welcome back to another episode of Sports Headlines. I am your host, Warner Sanger. I hope you enjoyed that little introduction. Um, but let's get right on to it. The Dodgers win the World Series. Um, their first World Series victory in 32 years uh, for that franchise. So big moment for them. Uh, Sean is a Dodgers fan. He was ecstatic um, after that strikeout um, from Julio Urias. And the Dodgers and the big market team win wins yet again. So um, I'm going to, in this episode, really talk about almost 100% baseball and uh, this World Series and, and this offseason and the next season as well. But first, I would like to give thanks to Podgo. Um, today's podcast is presented by Podgo. It is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast. It provides podcasters with a flat rate for ad space, so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience, P-O-D-G-O dot C-O, um, and make sure you um, put sports headlines in how you heard about Podgo um, in section of your application. Um, so the Dodgers won the World Series, but first a bit of breaking NFL news. Um, the Houston Texans have to close their facility after one of their players tested positive for COVID-19. The Texans are currently on their own bye week, so it should not mess up any scheduling um, conflicts, although the Texans did just play my Green Bay Packers. And so uh, we'll see what happens uh, in the Packers facility and if there are any positive tests uh, there. Um, but Getting on to the important news in the baseball world, um, the Dodgers win the World Series against the Rays, beating them in game six. Um, final score, three to one. A Rosarena led off the scoring with a home run to right field. Really nice swing by him, a line drive out of here. But um, after Snell got pulled, the Dodgers put some runs together, um, and Mookie Betts ended up scoring the last two Dodgers runs. He scored on an infield or on a fielder's choice, a ground ball to first base. He scored from third, a really nice piece of base running there. A good secondary lead and broke at the exact right moment. And then um, he hit a home run of his own deep into left field in the eighth inning to give the Dodgers a three-to-one lead. Uh, then Julio Urias closed it down and um, got got the save for the Dodgers. So um, in that game, just in case – Anybody was anybody missed it um, for the Rays. Randy Rosarena went two for four um, and hit a home run. Uh, no other notables though for the Rays. Um, nobody else had two hits, and uh, actually they had um, four guys with two or more strikeouts in that game, including Adamas, who was the last out of the game. He struck out looking. Blake Snell went five and a third innings, gave up one run, uh, the single. To Austin Barnes, he came around and scored, so that counted against him. Struck out nine. Uh, Nick Anderson lost uh, the game and blew a save. He only pitched one-third of an inning and gave up the run. The Mookie Betts was credited to – the first Mookie Betts run was credited uh, to to him. But um, 
we we saw a really nice pitching performance uh, from the Dodgers as a whole. Um, Gon, uh, Tony Gonsolin, well, one and two thirds innings, he did give up that home run to a Rosarena. Uh, Dylan Floro actually got a, a Rosarena on a three pitch strikeout uh, with two runners on uh, to finish off the second inning, and then Alex Wood went two innings of shutout ball, striking out three. Pedro Baez went two thirds of an inning with a strikeout. Um, and then one and a third from Gonzalez. He actually gets credited with the win. He struck out three. Uh, Gratterall, Bruzard Gratterall went two thirds of an inning. Um, and Julio Urias got to say two and a third innings uh, with four strikeouts in the game. Um, for the Dodgers, Mookie Betts, two for four, scored two runs and had that home run. Uh, Corey Seager actually went over three, but did get an RBI. Um, he, he drove in Betts. And then uh, Max Muncy uh, kind of ended the series cold. He went over four. Um, so the big notable really was Mookie Betts um, accounting for two of the three runs. And I am told that I'm having more technical difficulties with the chat. If you all will give me one moment. All right. Um, so uh, some big, big takeaways from that game. Um, Blake Snell was going strong. Again, five and a third inning, struck out nine. Um, no hits or no runs allowed. And um, that is Sean in the chat, by the way, um, wanting wanting the Dodgers to win. But um, we, we see – we see uh, Blake Snell get pulled. I talked about yesterday how he had always had troubles with the fifth inning, um, how once his pitch caught, count got up to 75, 80 pitches, uh, he started to have some trouble and lose it. And I think Kevin Cash knew that. He was at 73 or 72 pitches. He gave up the single on a 73rd pitch to Austin Barnes, the nine-hole hitter who really hadn't been hitting too well in the series. Uh, his batting average right around the 200 mark for the playoffs. And um, you see, you saw uh, him hit a solid single in the center, right back up the middle that tipped off Kevin Cash, that Snell was starting to run into the fifth inning and his, his pitch count troubles, and um, Cash pulled him. And you know what? I think in hind hindsight, is always twenty twenty, right? But I think it was the right decision to pull Blake Snell for this for this reason only. Blake Snell just gave you five and a third innings of nine strikeout ball. You have had a very, very good bullpen up to this moment. They have pitched very well in the World Series. Blake Snell has not pitched very well. He has had his pitch counts limited all, all year from the regular season um, on to now. And he has reached that threshold to where he starts to struggle. He gives up a solid base hit in the center field, which is where every hitter wants to hit the ball right back up the middle. And you pull him for a guy who throws 95 uh, and that you expect to you know, pitch well, get you out of the inning, maybe get a double play ball. Instead, he comes up, faces Mookie Betts, Betts hits a double, um, and the rest is history. So, um, 
we we see that in in hindsight it looks like why didn't you just keep Blake Snell in? He was dealing uh and you made the wrong choice. But at the time I think it was the right decision because you can trust you could trust your bullpen if you were Kevin Cash and the Rays and Blake Snell was hitting that threshold. So right decision from Kevin Cash. No, he did not pull a Dave Roberts, Sean. Um, I know you're still there in the chat. Uh, he did not pull a Dave Roberts. Dave Roberts has really time and time again made poor decisions based on pitching, um, based on you know who's pitching, who's coming in, uh, how many pitches they throw, how many innings they go. <clears throat> Clayton Kershaw on the seventh. And um, he fixed that this year, and Kershaw did not pitch the seventh inning. Instead, he went six strong, five, five, six strong innings, and um, the Dodgers ended up winning the game, and Kershaw looked really, really good, I think a 2-3 ERA in this year's uh, playoffs. So um, Cash did not make the wrong decision. The Rays' bullpen just did not come up clutch, um, and that is that is my, my opinion on that. Um, if we go to awards in the MLB, uh, Corey Seager wins um, the World Series MVP. Um, so kudos to him. In the World Series, he hit 400. Um, he was just he he led he led the whole World Series in runs. He led him in on base percentage. He led him in OPS despite Randy Rosarena having a 7.73 slugging percentage. Um, he was tied with eight hits in the World Series. He hit, let's see, he hit a double and um, drove in five runners. Uh, Brandon Lowe and Max Muncy each had six uh, to lead. And then pitching-wise in the World Series, Walker Bueller had a 1.50 ERA. Clayton Kershaw had a 2-3-1 ERA in the World Series. Kershaw had two wins. Blake Snell led everybody in strikeouts. Um, and innings pitched. Clayton Kershaw actually pitched the most innings uh, in the World Series. Gold Glove Awards, in case anybody was wondering. The Gold Glove Awards have been announced already. I know for the, for the Reds, uh, Shogo Akiyama their new signee from Japan, and Tucker Barnhart won those awards. Let me see if I can find a list now of the complete awards. But we we saw a really great season um, in, in Major League Baseball despite the shortened season, and I'm looking forward to next year, and, and I think that's where we're going to segue right here. We've got a lot of big name free agents. Um, we've got a lot of anticipation for the next season, and um, it's it's going to be it's it's going to be a very very tumultuous free agency period, especially if you are a Reds fan. Um, especially since Trevor Bauer is a free agent. So. Um, I guess that's where I'll segue into our the MLB's uh, ESPN's top uh, NFL or MLB power rankings, and then I will give Sean and my um, me and Sean's take on it. 
as well as our own um, power ranging uh, power rankings um, for ourselves. So um, ESPN's power rankings were, I guess I'll I'll, I'll be nice and say not great. Um, I did not like them very much, but um, I'm going to give them to you anyways in case you haven't seen them. Uh, their top 10, MLB.com's top 10, or ESPN.com's top 10. Uh, number 10, the Chicago Cubs. Uh, they went 34 and 26, lost to the Marlins in the in, in uh, the first round of the playoffs. The Mets went 26 and 34, were in fourth place in the NL East, but are the number 19. The Oakland Athletics lost to Houston, of course, in the division series. Went 36 and 24. They're the number 18. The Minnesota Twins coming at number seven. They lost in the wild card series to the Astros. Uh, they also finished 36 and 24. Uh, the New York Yankees finished 33 and 27. Lost to the Rays in the ALDS. They're the number 16. Um, the Chicago White Sox 35 and 25 in 2020. They lost to the A's in the wild card series. The number four team is um, the Tampa Bay Rays, the losers in our World Series. Um, they went 40 and 20 in the regular season. And then the top three teams are all National League teams. The San Diego Padres come in at number three, 37 and 23. They lost in the ALDS to the Dodgers. And the number two team uh, are the Atlanta Braves at 35 and 25. Also lost to the Dodgers, this time in the NLCS. And of course, the Dodgers coming in number one, 43 and 17, truly dominant all season from opening day to game six of the World Series. Um, and they, I mean, they have Mookie Betts coming back. He signed a long-term deal. Um, they still have Kershaw. They still have Bueller. They have Urias coming back. He pitched some quality innings. Um, they've got guys like Bellinger, Max Muncy, and Gavin Lux coming back. And you know what? The only significant guy they're losing is Justin Turner, but suffice it to stay, say, he is replaceable defensively. His bat, while good, is probably going to decline here in the near future as he is. I am so terribly sorry. I keep it. That's, that's like three days in a row that I've ended it. But um, back to Justin Turner. Justin Turner uh, is aging, getting up there in age. Um, he actually tested positive midway through the World Series game, so he had to get pulled. Um, but uh, unrelating to COVID-19, he is getting up there in age, and um, his his production is replaceable. Um it just it it the cohesion is what might worry you if you're a Dodgers fan. Um, but the big name free agents we've got um, JT Romuto. Um, he is he might be resigned by the Phillies. Um, he has not yet signed the contract though, so I'm considering him now as a free agent. He is the best catcher in the game, without a doubt. He is 30 years old, but um, his bat is better than ever. And even if his knees and legs do give out, which they don't seem like they will anytime soon, 
he can still be a nice DH or um, a piece in the field um, if if a team doesn't want him to catch. Again, Trevor Bauer, um, he is also 30 years old and was the best pitcher in baseball during the regular season. Uh, and honestly, during the playoffs, too, he was dominant against the Braves, but the Reds couldn't score any runs. Um, and then Freeman, of course, walked it off in like the 14th inning. George Springer is a free agent. Uh, he is 31. Didn't have a great 2020 season, but people know what he can do, and he came around kind of in the playoffs. 30-year-old Marcus Simeon um, is one of the really nice shortstops in this class. 30-year-old uh, Marcelo Zuna is is a um, free agent. He reportedly actually turned down a three-year contract from the Reds and inside, instead signed a one-year $18 million um, contract with Atlanta. And he is a really, really nice hitter. Defensively, not too good, probably better suited as a DH. Um, and so his market will honestly double if the NL adopts the uh, DH rule permanently as they did this season. DJ Dalen Mayhew, uh, the utility man at age 32, is also a free agent. Marcus Stroman, age 29, he is a pitcher, a starter. Uh, he is a very, very good starter that's a free agent. Dede Gregorius, of course, coming off of Tommy John surgery, um, is hitting the market. At age 31, Liam Hendricks, reliever from Oakland, is age 32. He's hitting the market. Uh, Dodgers, closer, setup man, reliever. Um, is Blake Trinan is hitting the market. Alex Colomay, as well as a closer, uh, played pitch for the White Sox last year, um, is hitting the market. Shane Green, another closer. So a lot of pitchers are hitting the market. Shane Green um, got traded from Detroit to Atlanta. And um, was the closer for Detroit, played well uh, with Atlanta. And, uh, you know, Masahiro Tanaka is a, a free agent. Taiwan Walker, a starter, is a free agent. Mike Miner, another starter. Robbie Ray is a free agent. Jacob Rizzi, Jose Quintana, um, they're all free agents. Those are a lot of pitchers. Uh, they all, we also have a Jordan Simmons, the best defensive shortstop of all time. Yes, the best defensive shortstop of all time, better than – um, Ozzie, Ozzie Smith, light years above Derek Jeter. No offense to him. Uh, he's hitting the market. And Nelson Cruz, the 40-year-old man with no age, is um, still hitting extremely well. Uh, but he he hits the market. Jock Peterson is hitting the market, although the Dodgers can pretty easily um, – replace his value, especially if they go up against a lot of left-handed pitchers this year. Only a 5-6-7 OPS against pitchers. Oh, look, another starter, James Paxson. Um, he is a free agent. Michael Brantley from Houston is a free agent. Again, Justin Turner, as I said. Tommy LaStella, Yoenis Cespedes, uh, Yasiel Puig didn't uh, really play this year, but uh, he is also a free agent. So a lot of, a lot of pitchers a lot of closers and a lot of starters specifically um, are hitting the market. And, and if, if the Reds want to compete and be able to make the playoffs again next year, they have to, have to, have to, have to resign Trevor Bauer and probably add, whether that's um, a closer or a hitter, 
then um, that remains to be seen. But if I were the Reds, I would want to re-sign a guy like Trevor Bauer and then probably sign a guy. Um, I would probably go after Liam Hendricks or Alex Colomay um, and then maybe Blake Trinan as well. But they have got to um, really, really take control of the back end of that bullpen. Rice Alec Glacius just isn't cutting it. Um, other guys, Amir Garrett has really, really nice stuff, but is inconsistent at times. You've got uh, Nate Jones, who really didn't have that great of a season also. Um, so it's it's something that they're going to have to improve. If you're the Dodgers, just replace what you're going to lose. You're going to lose Jock Peterson, and that's okay. Just find another power bat. Um, and if if the universal DH thing is is um, – is is uh, brought back for next season, go ahead and sign uh, Nelson Cruz to a one-year deal. He's a power bat. He can hit against lefties and righties, and he doesn't have to play defense, so it's not like you're losing anything in the outfield. Um, or re-sign Justin Turner for another season, another go at it. Uh, he would be a great DH as his defense is, is waning, but his hitting is still very much alive, especially in big moments in October. Uh, which is really, really what you're thinking about for the Dodgers. Because the Dodgers are going to make the playoffs. They are going to have a good record. The Padres might win the division, but the Dodgers are getting a wild card spot at the least. And then their minds are on October. You still got Corey Seager, Mookie Betts, Cody Bellinger. Um, You've got Will Smith and Austin Barnes still behind the plate. Chris Taylor, Kike Hernandez as role players. You've got a roster loaded with talent. All you got to do is find the batting production to replace Justin Turner and Jock Peterson and have another outfielder for depth. That's all you got to do, and uh, you'll be right back where, where you started. It would also help if you could either re-sign Blake Trinan or get another reliever of his quality, which there are that in the in this free agent class. You've got Shane Green, uh, Alex Colomay, Liam Hendricks. You've got a lot of top notch end of the game um, bullpen arms as well as still having Kenley Jansen. So um, the Dodgers can definitely make a run at it next year and breaking news, actually Wisconsin, the Wisconsin football team um, is pausing its activities for at least a week and canceled its Nebraska game because both of their quarterbacks and much of their team was diagnosed with COVID-19 um, so Wisconsin will have to wait one more week to play Big Ten football. Um, that pretty much wraps up this episode. Aside from Sean and I, uh, Sean and myself's top ten baseball teams again. Um, for for the for ESPN, they had the Cubs at number ten, the Mets at number nine, the A's at number eight. Uh, the Twins at number seven, the Yankees at six, the White Sox at five, the Rays at four, Padres at three, Braves at two, Dodgers at one. Um, and then Sean's uh, top ten MLB teams coming into the season, number ten, the Astros, number nine, the Twins, number eight, the Cubs, number seven, the A's, number six, the White Sox, number five, the Yankees, number four, the Braves, number three, the Rays, number two, the Padres, number one. Los Angeles Dodgers, and my top 10, I've got um, the Cubs coming in at number 10. 
although that is subject to change if uh, Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, uh, and others end up getting moved during the offseason. Um, I've got the Cubs at number 10. I've got the Astros at number 9. Uh, the A's at number 8. The Twins at number 7. The Yankees at number 6. The White Sox at number 5. I think they're really going to have a great year. They've got a really nice bullpen with a lot of young arms. Um, and then the young lineup, too. So they're going to be good for years to come, assuming they can keep that all cohesive and together. Uh, and then I've got the uh, Rays. They're going to have to come in at number four just because of um, their their lineup, really. If if a Rosarena can keep in, my takeaway from the Rays was they came up, they had a few players carry them for a few games, but you've got to, as I talked about yesterday, you've got to string hits together. You've got to get guys on with nobody out in the inning um, and, and get them around and get them in. And the Rays, Rays just couldn't do that, uh, especially in the World Series. So that's my knock against them. Um, the Padres are going to come in on number three. I think they are uh, just a year away of just the same roster, the same talent. The, young, the, the youth of this team, I think, is going to come back to bite them just a little bit. I think the uh, Braves are just a little bit better than the Padres as well. And then the Dodgers have to come in at number one um, once again. Um, the NBA is going to return at some point. Um, now, they, there have been plans to come back around Christmas. There have been plans to come back around uh, MLK Day. Um, there have been, suffice it to say, a whole lot of plans. Um, based on the NBA return, Danny Green came out and said that um, veteran players like LeBron James would most likely not play in the season if it were to start on schedule. They just played basically three weeks ago um, in winning the finals. So they do need a rest. Um, so we have the upcoming NBA schedule being on September 28th will be the draft combine. Uh, November 16th or October 16th to November 16th um, teams can have in-person interviews with prospects. So we are in that period right now. November 18th will be the 2020 draft. November 20th, uh, somewhere between the 20th and the 22nd uh, will be the start of free agency. Um, the start of training camps will be about December 1st and the proposed start of the season is December 22nd. Again, the last three days, uh, the last three events, free agency, training camps, and the season's opener um, will are not set in stone. In stone. But um, that is more fluid. I know Sean really wants to see the NBA uh, return on MLK Day um, because, you know, again, the NBA likes to open on big moments. MLK Day is a big moment especially um, for the NBA and all the work they've done in social justice issues. I think that would be huge for the players to be able to return to play the game that they love um, and live for on MLK Day, one of the greatest uh, Americans of all time. Um, and then we, we see, you know, say they return on MLK Day, um, then you would have to push free agency and training camps earlier. and um, it's it's just it's going to be a crunch, but I think the NBA can pull it off. We saw the NFL really not go um, not go 
too like too in depth. They, I mean, they barely had any training camps whatsoever. They skipped the preseason, so you could rush it back. But Martin uh, Martin Luther King Day this year is January eighteenth. That's a Monday, um, and the reason that Sean really wants it to come, and, and honestly, it's a very viable reason, is because it would give time for the players to have time off. You could push back free agency, and even if you wanted to start free agency. You could have free agency on the 20th and 21st, 22nd, whenever you want to. And then you can have rest, have players, you know, just maybe hang out if they want to, take a vacation. And then you start training camps probably around the new year or, or like mid, mid-December. And then have, uh, you know, the Lakers play the Clippers or whatever you want on um, January 18th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day and then start off the season with a bang. Um, so I, I think that would be a great choice for Adam Silver to decide. He has usually come up 100% right in these decisions. So I'm looking forward to see what he decides, but that's going to wrap up this episode of Sports Headlines. It did get bre- broken up into two parts because myself uh, accidentally hit the reload button on the stream, which ended it. So uh, thank you all for watching Sports Headlines. We are the most authentic place in sports. Um, I am Warner Sanker. Big shouts to Crossover Media. Follow them at Crossover365 on Instagram and Twitter. Um, and follow us at Sports Headline 8 and Sports underscore Headlines 4 on Instagram or on Twitter and Instagram, respectively. But uh, I'm Warner Sanker signing off. Have a great rest of your day. Goodbye.